Welcome to the Under the Fig Tree podcast. I'm Bruce Franklin. I'm Troy Boozer, and we'll be your host today. Uh, last time we talked, we talked about fatherhood, and uh, I thought it was a very productive conversation, very insightful. Um, a lot of good stuff came out of that, but one of the good things that came out of that was, I think when you summarize, it kind of led us to the next topic, really, okay. uh, which is identity. Yeah. And I think a lot of people spend a lot of time in their natural life uh, trying to figure out who they are. I think you mentioned oh, that in the conversation. Sure. And I think sometimes that happens spiritually if we're not careful. Absolutely. So I did want to talk about uh, uh, and at least bring this to our, our listeners uh, that, that subscribe to the Under the Fig Tree podcast. And let's talk a little bit about identity. Who are you? Oh my goodness, what a what a loaded question. <laughs> what a loaded question. Who are you? Yeah, with the added with, with the addition of in Christ. <laughs> because you know this, I mean, I I think it is one of the biggest or let me say it like this, the results of knowing or not knowing who you are is one of the biggest results that we have that scene it's almost like immediate and it's everywhere most of what it i think that we deal with in life and this is saved or unsaved we're talking obviously from a christian perspective but we deal with non-christians every day and what's interesting to me troy is that i know i i I know non-christian people who seem to have a pretty good grip on who they are but i know christian people who I would say don't have a clue. Right. Yours truly having been one of them at that point, not that I have, I'll have to, I'll have to say like Paul said, not that I have obtained, right. you know, right. attained right. fully still yet, working. still working on it, but, um, but knowing better today who I am in him. I always use this, this, um, this statement, you know, and I tell people this all the time, you got to know who you are to him and who he is to you. And that's a great way to put it because um, yeah. you, you, identity is found in both. And, uh, and I think really a lot of the things that God has called us to do, especially being ambassadors here in the earth, yeah. a lot of that's going to be tied to your identity. Knowing who you are is going to help you activate certain gifts that you have and be able to operate in them in confidence yeah. and, uh, uh, and be bold in that. So I think knowing who you are is, is one of the biggest things that yeah. the believer really needs to hone in on yeah. because there are certain things. I, I, matter of fact, I was on a Bible study and I asked the question and it's kind of a loaded question. I asked the question to the group, are you righteous? Oh, oh that's great. And then we get, you know, some people say, yeah, I am. Uh, and then some people say I'm not, you know, and, and I'm like, Here, here's the thing because this is where, it, and I had one guy that said, you know what? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Absolutely okay. yes. And and I say, you know what? You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Because when you got born again, he called you righteous. Yes. You know, and that's yes. part of knowing who you are is yeah. knowing what he has called you. So right. even if I don't feel like I'm righteous, right. that doesn't supersede what he's already said about yes. me. So absolutely. and I think that's really what goes down to to really understanding who you are knowing your identity, and then you start to walk that thing out. You know, I read it in the book. I did. There was a point in time when I read in the book, you know, that I belonged to him. I accepted him as Lord and that I belonged to him, right? But I didn't believe it. 
I read it, I didn't believe it. So I went through a period of time, Troy, when I was very young in the Lord, I went through a period of time where, and I believe it was by the leading of the Holy Ghost, because I did this exercise. I started doing an exercise. And the exercise was very simply, I would stand in the mirror, and I would look at myself, one of the hardest things I ever had to do. And I would say repeatedly, you are a man of God. You are a man of God. You, yeah, you, you are a man of God. And I did that for, oh my goodness, I did that for, for a length of time. But you know what happened? I started believing it. When I started believing it, I got to a point where I no longer had to do that. We talk about this all the time, that revelation isn't revelation unless it's actually working in your life. So when we talk about identity, we see, we see both the problem and the solution at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Right. It, it's not revelation if it's not working in your life. You can tell me how you found this particular scripture and it meant so much. That's great. You're excited about it right now because you found it. Let's talk about this in six months. <clears throat> and see, that's that's a that's a great point. There's one thing I did come to understand. I think this is where God has a sense of humor, because sometimes when when you do get that revelation, the very next thing that happens is let's test you on it and see, <laughs> you know, and, it, and for those people that are listening, I mean, I want I want to make this perfectly clear. God doesn't test you so he can see what you're going to do. He already knows. Right. You need to know what you're going to do. Exactly. And you need to know what you're going to believe. He already knows there's nothing we can show him. But there was one thing that I had, I had picked up uh, in my study of the tabernacle that I had never picked up before. Okay. And I had been studying the tabernacle off and on for years and years and years. And I had never picked this up before, at least the whole picture of one particular piece of furniture, which is the brazen labor. Yeah. yeah. And in that labor, you had water. Yeah. And the brass was made to a, it was polished to a certain point that you could see your reflection in it. Wow. Now we understand that the brass represents trials. Yeah. And then we understand that Jesus reckoned himself or likened himself to be water. Yeah. Anyone that drinks the water I have, yes. we know that the word of God is, is likened to his water, which Jesus is the word of God. Yes. So you have water in, in the, the brazen labor. Right. So you have two reflections of the same person. You can see your reflection in the water or you can see your reflection in the brass. But, but you say it this way, or we can look at it this way and it makes a little bit more sense. You can see who you are in the word of God, which is the water. And you can also see who you are in your trials, which is the brass. And I had never gotten that before until, you know, this, this probably what here recently, um, looking at it a little bit differently and God being able to open that up to me. So trials will come. Absolutely. But the trials come to ask you a simple question. Who are you? Who are you? Yeah. Boy, that's really good, man. Man, that's good. It, it, as you were speaking, it made me think about um, the, the idea behind a, a silversmith's job. Kind of the same kind of thing. You know, the silversmith heats, you know, his job is to heat up the silver until it becomes melted, molten. And he heats it up to the degree that if there's any impurities in it, the impurities begin to rise to the top of the of the melted silver mm-hmm. so that the silversmith can shave off the impurities and finally see his reflection right. 
in the silver. So kind of the same thing. We're yeah. talking, you know, brass trials, fire. Certainly people identify with, with fiery trials. You know, the Bible even talks about fiery trials, you know. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good point to make. Um, but, but once again, problem and solution staring at us at the same time. Because the very thing that so many people fight, people fight not having anything ever go wrong. You know what I'm saying? People fight that. You know what I'm saying? Not understanding that if that that when you understand that I'm in him and he's in me and he has me, there's nothing about me that he hasn't that he doesn't have. There's nothing about me that he hasn't covered. So then it took years for me to understand this, Troy. There are things that God will remove because those things would indeed take me out before I'm supposed to be out. And then there are things that he doesn't remove and he just walks us through. And I, I think that's that's fair. That's a that's a fair assessment. I think that's I think the testimony of most um, they can see God's hand. Yeah. In, you know, through their trials, they can see God's hand, especially when you look back on it. Sometimes it's difficult when you go through it. Sometimes when I said, God, where are you? <laughs> Do you still care? <laughs> you know? But I, I, you know me, I often say that, that those that avoid trouble often avoid God oh, because he's your he's your ever present help in your time of trouble. So um, we need to know that he's God. In the good times and the bad, I know that's a yes. cliche saying, but yeah. you know it really is true. Um, in those in those tough times, yeah. um, that's really where you get squeezed, yeah. and and you you really come to know who you are. Um, one good one good example, and I love you know me. I have an affinity uh, for for soap operas, uh, <laughs> so I can't watch them because I know <laughs> I'll get hooked on them. Uh, uh, and w- if my wife was listening to this or if she was even here uh, at the time, she would tell you, yeah, because I would get hooked on him. <laughs> and this is one of my favorite characters in the Bible is David because his whole life is like a soap opera. Wow. Um, and I and I love following uh, uh, his story because yeah. it really is like a soap opera. But uh, the story of him and, and Goliath, he makes an interesting statement. Yes. He says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that yeah. defies the army of the living God? By saying that, he understands that circumcision is a, a, a mark of the covenant. Yeah. And he's like, look, I'm not afraid because I'm in covenant with God, yeah. and that guy isn't. That guy is so, so even being a young boy against a giant who was, who was trained in war from his youth, yes. he, he ran towards him yeah. because I know who I am. Yeah. And I right. think that's a, that's a great picture of how yeah. we should be when it comes to trouble. Once you know who you are, you no longer cower away like the rest of the army, but you actually run towards the issue. That is so good. So then what you're saying is because what I'm hearing, what what I'm hearing you say has to do with identity and authority. Absolutely. Because I, I don't think. I don't think you can separate the two. You cannot. I don't think you can. Yeah. You cannot. If you're going to walk in any a level of authority, even in the natural man. You know, you take a police officer, a traffic cop, he can stand or she can stand in front of 
I mean, just walk out in the middle of the street. There's a huge semi coming, and it's coming. Mm-hmm. And they can stand little human frail body, right. but they have that they have that 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 shield on. Right. And they put their hands up and blow that whistle. And the person driving that truck will most likely tear up the pavement trying to stop. And it's not just because this little person, little frail human body stood in front of me. It's because they recognize the authority. That's right. That's right. They recognize the authority. That's a good analogy. And, 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 and the person with the authority recognizes that, yes, I could be crushed, you know, into oblivion with this big truck. Mm-hmm. But I know who I am with this badge on my chest. That's right. And I need for this individual to stop and i need them to stop right now that's right man dude this is how we're supposed to be dealing with the adversities of life this is how we're supposed to be dealing with the adversary more specifically from a christian perspective Mm -hmm. this is how we deal with the adversary but once again for me it's problem and solution staring right at us because if we never come to understand who we are to him and who he is to us that's Jesus Christ, then we never step over into that level of authority to deal with things that need to be dealt with the way that they need to be dealt with. Absolutely. Uh, so I know for me, just looking in scripture, um, and, and when you bring up the adversary, because that's what he's here to do is challenge uh, uh, who you are. Yeah. Uh, the baptism, when, when Jesus was baptized, yeah. Yeah, he was led out into the wilderness. And I, I, what, what I find interesting is because the, the adversary's tricks, they don't change. Yeah. They don't right. change. It's the, same, it's the same trick. But the, the funny thing was when Jesus came up out of the water, yeah. uh, the Bible says that the voice was heard from heaven. said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Wow. And when he goes into the wilderness, the first thing the enemy challenges him with is if yeah. you are the son of God. Yeah. Well, we just heard the voice from heaven. heard the voice from heaven. Yeah, <laughs> said this is, yeah. and the first thing he challenged you with was if, yeah. if you are, right. and that's that's no different uh, than what we have to deal with today. Yeah. Well, God said that He's given you authority, and He you're seated with Him yeah. in heavenly places, and I understand yeah. He's seated far above principalities. So if you're seated in Him and He's above me, then you're above me by proxy. Yes. But did He really say that to you? Yeah. Are you really? And that's that's where the challenge is for the believer. You know what I love about that, 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 that particular verse of Scripture? Going back to God the Father making that declaration. Mm-hmm. You know what I love about that, Troy? Jesus hadn't done anything yet. <laughs> he gets a declaration from the Father. Mm-hmm. It sounds like thunder, right? According to the people, right. the witnesses around, they said, is that God talking? Is that thunder? What is that? He gets a verbal declaration from the father and hadn't done anything yet. That's to me, that's the epitome because what happens is now religion, once we get that, we're done with religion. Absolutely. Religion, church, or any of that kind of stuff can no longer dictate to me who I am based on what I do. Because the Father spoken from heaven and says, simply because you believe in what I've told you concerning my son, 
Number one, I stamp you righteous. On, 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 the, on the comical side, I always get this picture of like Bugs Bunny or one of them, you know, one of the old cartoons, mm -hmm. you know, of this big rubber stamp, you know, God takes this big rubber stamp and pops you in the head, right? You know, and it says righteous, <laughs> you know, he stamps you righteous, not because you've done anything, but because you believed the most important thing. And that is what he has said. You believe it. And now it's like, man, okay, now I can go forward. And no matter what the enemy, because, you know, following that scripture, they're in the wilderness now. That's right. He's in the wilderness. I say they because the enemy shows up in the wilderness with mm -hmm. him. And uh, he doesn't even entertain the thought. No. He doesn't even entertain it. <laughs> so look at us, man. We have to know who we are in him and who he is to us. And if we, if we get that, we'll stop entertaining the half God said. Yeah. You know, I just a <laughs> yeah. little reference to Adam and Eve. Correct. Half God said, you know. We'll stop entertaining that stuff, man. Even the conversation. Even the conversation. Even the conversation. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Get, get, get out of my face, devil. Go talk to someone who doesn't know. That's right. That's because right. now I know. And that's, that's the funny thing is once you begin to know who you are, um, I think that, that a lot of times you'll start to look back at your life and say, I, I, I can't believe I actually put up with that. I fell for it, man. <laughs> I can't believe I ate the whole thing. <laughs> it, happened, it happens to all of us. And, and I think we're all still in the learning uh, process because there's, there are certain things that are still being unlocked yes. for me in my own personal life. Because sure. uh, I, I, Now, let me tell you this. Now, this is something I'm just being fully transparent, fully transparent. Um, so for, for the listeners, I'm just telling you, you know, this, this little situation that I have with God <laughs> and, and I have been teaching, uh, the word for quite a number of years mm -hmm. and God confronted me with something I taught, okay. not that it was wrong. Okay. What I taught was right, but what he confronted me with, with you don't believe it. Oh, he said, oh. you're teaching it, but you don't believe it. And I'm like, what do you mean? He said, because if you believed it, your response would be different. Certain things come up, your response would be different if you truly believed it. Ouch. And I think, uh, really, yeah, that that one did hurt quite a bit because I'm teaching. I had been teaching it for years. Yeah. Um. But but when I really sat down with God about that, He showed me no. You, your response would be different if you truly did believe this. And I really do believe that once you you start to hone in on identity, your response to certain things just absolutely changes because yes. no one can no one can take it away from you yes. what you actually believe right. once you really truly believe it yeah there's almost like a level of intolerance sure that's probably the best way to say it you know what i'm saying yeah that's probably the best way to say it because there's some things we tolerate simply because we aren't convinced you know we we aren't convinced yet of one thing or another you know um 
I, you know, in my in my older days, you know, my older years now, I've said to my wife many times, you know, I, I, I just, I think, I think I'm a little more radical, you know, to now than I was when I was very young in the Lord. And I was, you know, zeal without knowledge, you know, vroom, 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 let's go. You're going to hell if you don't get it right. Ah, you know, that kind of thing. Right. You know, and uh, thank God, man, I, you know, for 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 growth and maturity. But I've said to her often in times past, man, I, I think I'm way more radical today. And, and then when I thought about it, I think it's what you're talking about. It's just a matter of knowing who you are. I know better today who I am in God than I did 10 years ago, 20 years ago. We're, we're now 30, almost 36 years into this, you know. So I know now there's things that I know. I'm not still trying to learn them. And so certain conversations are, don't even bother. Don't even bother. It's, you know, no. I'm, I'm not even going to bother trying to have those conversations with you. Right. And I'm talking about from an influence, from a demonic influence perspective. You know, right. sometimes he uses people, but sometimes it's just what he tries to inject into your mind in the quiet of a moment. Right. You know, and there's some things that, you know, you, you've learned to do the Bible, cast down imagination and every high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God and bring it into captivity, every thought, you know. And so learning how to do that um, helps, but it's a practice, man. You can't, you know, it's a real practice. It becomes a way of life, you know. It becomes a way of life. And, um, you know, and, and certainly there will be things that you're just like, move, move. Don't even try it. I don't, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. Well, I know Galatians 4, 7, it says that, that so you are no longer a slave, but a son. Oh, boy. And if a son, then an heir. Then an heir. And um, that it, if you're an heir, you have an inheritance. Yeah. And you have to understand that what I, this is what I love about that. It's what I love about the inheritance part of it. When you look at the story of the prodigal son, yeah. he asked for his inheritance right. before, the, you know, by his father was still living. He didn't have to wait. It's yours. You can have it any time you want. Yeah. And uh, we, we have to realize that we don't have to wait to get what belongs to us. Yes. Um, now, there are certain things. Uh, scripture says, look, I will keep no good thing from those that walk up right before me. Yes. Um, so sometimes we look at what God is saying is as a no uh, or as a, it, this is not a good thing, but it may not be a good thing for you right now. Because you can't handle it. And we let God figure that out, you know, instead of us. But the, the main point here is that there's no purpose in us having to necessarily wait for everything. Right. Because once you're an heir, you have an inheritance and that, that can, you can get that now. Yes. And you should get that now because there's certain things you should have yeah. and that you, you could have to walk out this life. You don't have to wait for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, to add to that... You know, the greatest part of that inheritance is eternal life. Yes. So we know that that, you know, we know that we have that. That's right. You know, so then, you know, when we talk about inheritance, you know, and people only see the by and by after a while, you know, yeah, down yeah. the road when they get to heaven, everything's yeah. going to be great. Yeah, no, it, it actually covers living here while you're still here in the earth. We know that's the ultimate inheritance sure. to spend eternity with him. That's what the Bible says. 
but God didn't leave out what's necessary to live here. What, 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 what pertains to life and godliness, you know what I'm saying? He didn't leave that out. Um, brethren, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he covers all areas of man in that one small prayer. I wish that you all would prosper and be in health. That spirit, soul, body, finances, relationship, you know, everything. Everything. You know, and and, uh, and it, does, awesome. it does tie to sonship. It does tie to identity. Recognizing that you are a son. Recognizing that you are an heir. Recognizing exactly who you are and who God called you. Not who you feel like you are. Uh, but who God actually called you to be. And uh, that was one of my struggles, you know, because I'm like, look, you know all the stuff I've done. <laughs> you, you know this this attitude I have sometimes. And and, and just to be real, sometimes I'm like, look, I, I don't, I don't want to deal with you today because you're going to ask me to do something I don't want to do. <laughs> and I just, you know, just being honest, you know. Like, you're going you're gonna to ask me to do something I don't want to do. But even getting beyond that and recognizing, look, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's really about what he wants and how he wants to use you. So when you say, God, I, I'm available for your use, uh, get ready because God, God wants to use you anyway. Yes. But you just have to be prepared for what he wants to use you for and submit to that. Sure. And, um, you know, that's kind of kind of the daily daily now i don't want to say a struggle but that's the 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 day i think you've said it this way before uh you have to give god a new yes yeah you know each day day. and i think that really does tie to your identity as well because i believe if we listen carefully every day god is trying to teach us more about who we are yes yes and he's trying to teach us more about who we are by showing us more of who he is absolutely you know and and you know I, I heard a I heard a minister say this and I thought it was so good. He painted a he painted a verbal picture of oh, uh, uh, a a mechanic. You know mechanics are some kind, sometimes called grease monkeys. Right. And so he painted a picture of a mechanic. He has all this grease on his hands, on his clothes, under his fingernails. His wife is at home and she's trying to maintain a household. And she's trying to bring him to a place where he does a little bit better as, when he comes home so that she stops having grease marks all over everywhere. <laughs> and everything he touches, he leaves a smudge of grease, right? And so what she does is um, she goes and buys all white furniture. <laughs> white carpet, white couches, white everything. And... He comes home one day when he steps into the house, he looks at the furniture and he finally sees himself. Right. I'm the one that's undone. Yeah. I'm the one that needs to, you know, and I think that's identity. Wow. Look at the glory of God. Look at the majesty of God. Right. Look at the excellence of God. You can only come to one conclusion, and I know Christians don't like this, but I, I, I refer to Elijah when he says, woe unto me, woe is me, I am undone, right. 
I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell among a people of unclean lips. I am dirty, dirty, dirty. Because it, it, it references righteousness, self-righteousness versus God's righteousness. And so the identity is learning how to actually embrace and walk and to some degree attain to, aspire to living that level of clean where now the grease monkey not wanting to ruin all that beautiful white furniture, right? right? Starts doing things a different way. He starts cleaning up some. He takes his shoes off at the door. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because he, he sees value in something, you know, that in a way is greater than him, but is going to, is going to benefit him, you know what I'm saying, by him being willing to make the changes necessary. And so for me, I, that's identity, but that's also holiness now. Yeah. Now, now, now we're talking be ye, be ye. I stamped you righteous, stamp on the forehead, pop. But now he says, be ye, be holy, that's right. for I am holy. That's right. You want to be like me? Back in the day, remember, everybody want to be like Mike, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, you want to be like Jesus? Be ye holy, for I am holy. Walk in the identity that you now have. That's, right. That's your part. It's not just I stamped you righteous and now you have this free, you know, you, you, you know, I got a free ticket to get into heaven. Now I can live any kind of way I want to live. No, 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 no. No, there, there's a part that we're supposed to play. And if you don't understand who you are to him and who he is to you, man, you know, to me, what happens is you default into religion. I think that's a great point. Yeah. I think that's a great point. Uh, for me, uh, just looking at the scripture, and I'm glad you brought that up because there is a difference between righteousness and holiness. Oh, absolutely. Um, even when I teach it, I teach it this way, that righteousness is something God does. Yep. Holiness is something you do. Yes, sir. Because you have your part. Yes, sir. When you, again, uh, when you were born again, God said he declared you righteous. Yes. But the only way people know that you're righteous is that you live holy. Yeah. And when you begin to live holy, they see your righteousness. Yes. You don't have to declare your own righteousness. Right. You don't have to proclaim your own righteousness. They see it through your walk. That's right. And we always have our part to do. I want to say this about identity. That's one of the biggest things that I can stress about identity is when you understand who you are, then you understand your responsibility in this walk. Yeah. There's always a part for you to do. Yes. Um, I do believe this, um, that we were never meant to work for God. We were always meant to work with God. Oh, I believe that. And he wants our cooperation. So in, it, it, this, is, this is why the scripture says we're co-laborers yes. with him. So he, he's always wanted us to work with him. And I think that helps clean up some of the identity too. Right. Not that you run ahead of God and do your own thing and right. say, God, come and join what I'm doing. Right. No, you, you, you just see what God is doing and say, hey, I would love to be a part of that. And yeah. God says, hey, come on. Yeah. Come on. You, I wanted you to be a part of this the whole yeah, time. The so, whole time. And that, I think that's wow. really what, what, what we have to understand you know, as far as our identity. Uh, there are several miracles we'll receive where Jesus... It, he, when he was here in the earth, one, one great example, my wife and I were just talking about this last night. We were just talking about this. Uh, John chapter 11, the story of Lazarus. Yeah. When Jesus shows up, he says, 
show me where you, you put the body. Yeah. So that's one thing they had to do. Yes. Then he says, roll away the roll, stone. Roll away the stone. <laughs> that's something else you have to do. Right. Right. And he said, look, I came here to help. Yeah. I didn't come here to do. Right. I came here to help. In order for me to help, there's a part that you have to do. So what you can do, so good. you will do. So and the thing that you can't do, that's what I'm here to help do. So good, man. And I think that's, that's the part we have to understand is we have a part to play yeah. uh, in this life. God is not going to do everything for us, but he wants to do things with us. That's really good, man. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't agree more, nor could I have said it any better. You know what I'm saying? Um, we, we belong to him. Col- Colossians 3, 3 says, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. You know, uh, to me, that sums the whole thing up. You have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. That that's he Jesus says I and him him and me you know you and us I just like that I like to mess it up because it's so much fun like I'm in I'm in you you and me me they and us and we and them and you know what I'm saying <laughs> it's like it's like you know infinity this figure eight you know and right. we're just all up in there and it's eternal and it's wonderful and it's beautiful and you know what I'm saying and and just really embracing that man you know and and, and you know what else it does Troy. In those times, because because we're in this earth suit, we're going to fall short. Takes me back to to the garden for a moment. My identity in him will cause me when I fall short to run to him Mm -hmm. and not from him. I think that's an important point to make, even for the for our listeners. It's important even when you mess up. I can remember, man, I can remember a time in my life where where I got a revelation about how good and how holy he is and how his goodness and his greatness and his holiness actually had nothing to do with where I was at the time. And what I learned to do, Troy, while trying to make sure that I was living the life that was pleasing to him, I learned to worship him and, in other words, run to him right. even when I was falling short. And God acknowledged it. Yeah. He acknowledged it every time and helped me to be better for the next time around. Mm-hmm. And so then I did it again and again and again. So every time that I, even when I felt that I'd fallen short, there were times when I felt that I just, just messed it all up. And this is the beauty of a father. He was like, yeah, no, I'm not concerned about that. I'm really not concerned about that. Right. You think you messed up, but I'm, I'm not even looking at that. I'm looking at that over there, though. <laughs> That's what you think I'm interested in. I wink at that. Mm-hmm. I'm actually looking at that over there. So let's talk about that over there. But the beauty of a father who, through identity, you run to and not from. You know, for me, I think that's, that's man, that, that's, that's the core of it, man. That's the core of it. I don't need to be afraid of of my father God. I'm not afraid of him. No. I fear him. I reverence him as as the creator of the universes, as the creator of all things living minus sin. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but but I'm not afraid of him. Ooh, he's going to strike me down. I better run from him 
and see if I can find a place where he's not, which is dumb because he's because I'm not going to find it. So you learn to just come and bring it all, and God, here it here it is, here it is, here it is, Father, here it is, and whatever you decide, I'm I I, I receive it. You know why? Because your word says that he chastens those he loves, and your word says that he chastens by his word. And his word says, if you don't endure chastening, that you're none of his. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So now I'm like, yeah, no, I belong to you. Do what you will, Lord. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Correct me, Jesus. Help me because I belong to you. I got no place else to go. That's right. So so one thing I'll say, and this is for our listeners here, um, the point that you made, look, just come to the Father when you have those issues. I will say this, this is a saying I, I typically have, especially when we, we deal with people at the altars and stuff like this, is that your humility dictates that you will bring your issue to the altar, but your self-control dictates that you leave it there. You leave it there. And you have to leave it there with him, knowing that he's going to take care of it, or he's already taking care of it, honestly. Um, and that, that that's part of your inheritance, that's part of your identity, is that even there's... Listen, this is, this is since we, we're just talking freely, I'll say this. The, the, the beauty about being born again, the beauty about God saving you is simply this. There is nothing he has not considered about you. Yeah. Nothing. Great point. Your past, your present, and your future. Yes. He's already even considered your future, and he still chose to save you. Yes. He, sti- he still wanted you. And that's it. And he's he's already considered all of my failures. He's yeah. already considered all of my attitudes. He's already considered my words. He's already considered sometimes, you know, uh, uh, I could have al- almost like a bipolar reaction to certain <laughs> things. He's already considered all this wow. and he still wants me. And, and there's nothing I can do. That's the beautiful part yeah, of it. There's awesome. nothing I can do to keep him from wanting me. And I think that's something that we all need to to embrace and understand. There's nothing you can do yeah. to keep God from warning you. He's already considered how long it will take <laughs> yeah. for you to mature yeah. to the different levels of maturity that you will hit within your lifetime. Right. So even with that, I can remember times when I was like, oh, God, it just seems like I should be past this by now. You know, oh, God, why do I still think this way? You know, why do my, you know, that kind of thing. And and one day that what you're talking about just just hit me, man. And it caused me to rest. It was like I went, oh, wow. I took a breath. There's nothing about me that he hadn't already considered. And yet he still wanted to know me. He still wanted to be in relationship with me. So even sometimes where we think I'm, I'm this age or I'm that age, you know, no, that's your own assessment. I always say about assessments that, you know, self-assessment is, is good to some degree. It's just, there's not as much benefit in it. I don't think as what people might think there is, it's better to go to God and say, God, what do you think about me? That's right. Where, where am I? This is where I think I am. Right. Now I'm coming to you for you to tell me where I actually am. <laughs> and we will find out that if we're able to be that honest with God, you know, he doesn't beat us up at all. But we probably will find out that in some cases we're better than we thought we were. 
That's the beauty of it. Right. I've had that experience with God several times over the years that I was more hard on myself than than God was. And like I said earlier, he says, Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not concerned about that. That's you you'll grow out of that. Right. It's this over here. It's that mentality. It's seeing things that particular way. Like you said earlier, when you're faced with a particular problem or issue or circumstance, why do you default to that way of seeing, to that way right. of thinking? That's the thing that I'm really looking at dealing with, you know. And so, um, yeah, man, it's but it's all under the under the umbrella of getting to know him. Yeah. And that's 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 the beauty of it. The more you get to know him, the more you see exactly who you are. Yeah. I believe you mentioned that first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one one scripture that comes to mind when especially when we deal with identities in John 15. Yes. That we or he is divine and we are the branches. And I, I love when he talks about that. Uh, he's saying, look, I can I can survive independent of you. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm divine. I can survive independent of you. So but you can't survive independent of me. Oh, boy. Um, and everything the branch get comes from the vine. Yes. And when you start to walk in this sonship, and especially when you start to recognize what doesn't come from the vine, yeah. you wouldn't want to have any part of it. Yeah. If it doesn't come from the vine, it's not for me. Right. I don't care how good it looks. I don't care how much money it presents. I don't care how much it would boost me, you know, in, in every other way imaginable. Right. That doesn't matter. You know, if it doesn't come from the vine, it's not for me. It's not for me. And I think that that, that shows part of who you are. That's really uh, uh, your identity is understanding that God is my source. And be, I, I can only be who I am yeah. because of him. Because of him. Wow. That's awesome. So this is a great conversation. I don't even know that we're done with it, <laughs> to be honest with you. Because we, I, don't, I don't even think we got into, you know, walking out some spiritual things. Right, like right. That. And even practical applications. Sure, we, yeah, so we, we may have to come back around so, to this one. So it all started with the fatherhood conversation. Right, right. It kind of bled into this one. Uh, and I think we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit more. But for our listeners, we thank you for joining us. And we will see you next time under the fig tree.